All right, we're back. This is episode two of the Commissioner Corner podcast. It's me, Carson Collier. Um, today, this is going to be a very quarterback-centric episode. A lot of stuff we're going to be doing. We're going to talk a little bit about paying QBs, these big money contracts, sort of the repercussions that can happen because of it, and talk about teams with upcoming big deals, guys like Geno, Daniel Jones, even the Ravens with Lamar Jackson. After that, we're going to kind of talk about how drafting the quarterback position for fantasy has changed in the past couple of years. There's now distinct tiers. You can't really just wait until the last round anymore. And then finally, I wrote on my blog, I think it was two weeks ago now, Nathan Janke from PFF, he put out his ranking, his overall rankings for the upcoming season. I don't have all of mine ready yet. So I'm just going to start with the quarterback position. We're going to go through I have my top 20 for next season, kind of some pros and cons for each of them. And, yeah, that's what we got for today. Um, thank you guys for tuning in last time, and, you know, let's get going. This is the Commissioner Corner Podcast with Carson Collier. So I wanted to start the show with kind of an analogy that I've been that's kind of been going back and forth my brain for the past couple days, almost a week now. So I I think, you know, the people I know listen to the show are baseball fans. And around like the early 2010s, there was this big boom of these mega 10 year deals, 10 plus year deals, 100 million dollar deals given out to these players like your pool holes is your Josh Hamiltons, your Miguel Cabreros, guys with those likes that are 30 years old, then these contracts aren't in until these guys are 40 plus, 40 to 42, somewhere in that range. And we saw with a lot of those deals, most of them never lived up to it. You got maybe two to three years tops of the peak performance that they were signed for. And then after that, it was just kind of a lot of, a lot of regression from older players. You know, and a lot of the times you look at those guys like Pools and Hamilton both went to the Angels. Well, those guys didn't really contribute to winning. How much winning did the Angels do? They made one playoff appearance that entire time. So, you know, you can look at Mike Trout. He's lived up to the deal because he's Mike Trout. When I think about those deals and those mega extensions, those free agent signings in baseball, it's starting to kind of not remind you to give me a little caution when I look at some of the deals that are given out to these quarterbacks and you could, it's almost a one-to-one at this point, although it's like he doesn't have the same effect on winning as Patrick Mahomes, Trout and Patrick Mahomes. If you have those guys on your team, you have no issue paying whatever amount of money, the owners of those teams, blank checks, they will give those out no matter what. Other than that, I mean, you look at the guys with the top 20 top cap hits from last season or this past season. This is just the cap hits. I'm going to read them off. Tannehill was at 38 million. They missed the playoffs. Then you had Mahomes. Then after that, you go Kirk Cousins, first round exit. Jared Goff missed the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers missed the playoffs. Carson Wentz was benched for Taylor Heineke. And then Sam Howell, um, and everybody hates him, also missed the playoffs. 
Um, Lamar was on the fifth year option. He was he got hurt. I'm a Ravens fan. They they're losing in the first round. I I can admit that. Um, you know, but again, first round exit. Then you had Dak after that. They beat Tampa, who they were terrible. So that's I mean that's basically a first round. Exit. You can call it made to the divisional round, but still. And then you got Derek Carr after him missed the playoffs. Sam Darnold missed the playoffs. So of those ten guys, we had six that missed the playoffs. Then you had Kirk Cousins and Dak. Who, if you're going into a playoff game, do you trust either of those guys as your quarterback? Do you feel like when you look across the field, we have how many times when you get in the playoffs do you think that you have a better guy than the opponent when you have Kirk Cousins or Dak Prescott? Start. That's what I'm saying with these contracts. You look at the, what the team is able to do. The, building pieces around them, it's not going to be easy going forward. That's why you look at guys like Josh Allen and all the discussions that people are having. Brandon Bean said the other day he never wants to suck bad enough to have Jamar Chase. Well, part of the problem is you're going to always be good with Josh Allen. You're never going to be good enough to have a top five pick where you can get a bona fide stud like Chase. I mean, you go ahead and look forward to 2023, and all of these guys, again, that have these big cap hits, almost all of them are going to have, have currently have or are going to have issues with the weapons around them. Deshaun Watson, I mean, he might just suck, but his only receiver is Amari Cooper. I mean, they have Nick Chubb, but besides that, I mean, they're rolling out Donovan Peoples Jones and Anthony Schwartz's. I mean, Dak, talk about it again, but the big issue for them, they only have CD Lamb, Schultz is gone. You might have to cut Zeke. You're going to have to let Pollard go just because you have all this these contracts coming in, coming up the pipe, Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs. Then you go down the list again. Mahomes, I mean, again, the exception. He's the trout in this situation. Then Josh Allen, big concern. Nobody else but Diggs. Everybody was like coming into the year was like, oh, Gabe Davis. You know, he had four touchdowns. He's going to be this great guy. It's Gabe Davis is at three, maybe. It's like after that, Tannehill. They had, Titans had to get rid of A.J. Brown. They traded A.J. Brown because they didn't have the money to pay him. And then John Robinson gets fired the day after the game race horse two touchdowns on him. We don't have to get into that. Um, after that, you go, again, Kirk Cousins. I mean, they have Jefferson. They were able to get Hawkinson. We'll see what happens there. They also aren't paying anyone defense because, obviously, their defense is terrible. Um, again, Matt, after Cousins, we get some really good ones. You get Matt Ryan at $35 million. Is that the worst contract in sports? Like, is he – we can say Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's going to play. Matt Ryan might never play snap again. I mean, God help whatever team does play for. Um, Derek Carr, he's going to get cut. So, I mean, that cap hits, that's negligible. Then, again, Rodgers, no weapons. And then Goff got traded because McVay, again, doesn't trust that guy in the playoffs. So, you look at these teams – all of them are either don't trust the guy now after giving him the money, or they just don't aren't going to have the resources to be able to go make moves and build a supporting cast that can succeed deep in the postseason. By the way, I jotted this down. Russell Wilson is going to make $58 million in 2025. We'll get into him a little bit later. We'll see what happens. Still, that's just an egregious number. Um, and I give like going back to this the effect on winning. With these guys with the these massive contracts, I jotted down the final four quarterbacks. So 
conference championships, quarterbacks and their cap hits. This year, you have Patrick Mahomes, and then after that, you have Burrow, Hurts, and Purdy. All three of those guys are on rookie deals. What do all three of those teams have in common? Great weapons. Last year, you had Mahomes, Jimmy at 27, which isn't egregious. You'd prefer to pay Jimmy Garoppolo less money, obviously. But, again, they still had great weapons because they had Debo on the rookie year, Ayuk on the rookie deal. Then after that, you had Stafford at 20, which Matt Stafford at 20 million. That's not a bad deal. And then again, you had Burrow, rookie deal, able to get weapons. Then 2020, you had Brady and Rodgers, who Brady's deal wasn't absurd at the time because that was when he was he just signed with Tampa. Um, Rodgers was up there a little bit. But then again, AFC, you had Mahomes and Allen. That was the year Josh Allen, they were able to bring on Stephon Diggs, extended him immediately, stuff like that. So I guess the big picture thing that I'm thinking about when I look at these deals, if you're Seattle and you have Geno Smith, if you're the New York Giants with Daniel Jones, hell, if you're the Baltimore Ravens with Lamar Jackson, you already have problems getting weapons in around him. Giants, they don't have a lot of weapons. You know, Seattle, it's maybe not a weapons thing. They have DK and Lockett. However, that defense can't stop a nosebleed in the run game. So if you're going to fork over for Geno and DJ, it might be 20 to $30 million a year. If you're the Ravens, this can be closer to 50. I'm fine with it for Lamar. He's a great player. But if you're Seattle and New York, I think you have to seriously look in the mirror because, again, another baseball, going back to the baseball analogy, are, do we want to pay Anthony Rendon and Steven Strasburg? How is that working out for those teams? All right. So now I want to get kind of into the quarterback position when it just simply comes to fantasy football. I've written about the positional advantage that Travis Kelsey provides for your fantasy team. It's on my blog, www.commissioner-corner.com. Check it out. Um, Talked about how Kelsey this year was just so dominant, outscored the entire position, was pacing the field. It was like the at one point the gap between him and Andrews, who was number two at the time, was the same between Andrews and the tight end 30. And it was just just blowing the field away. You're winning championships because of this guy. When we look at the quarterback position right now, I think we're going to have to start thinking like that in the future. And it's not just going to be one guy. Right now it's three. There's a chance for more people to enter that tier. Because right now it's Josh Allen, it's Patrick Mahomes, and it's Jalen Hurts. If you look at this season, those three guys, if you stack them up against the QB8, QB 10, any of those guys in that range, they're scoring 68 more points per game. There's been this thought, you know, for the past few years, at least when I started coming to my own, like really starting to get heavy into fantasy football, that you can just wait on quarterbacks. Like quarterback doesn't matter. You know, the gap between one and eight is not that big. You know, you can draft Trey Lance in the last round, you can draft Ryan Tannehill. That doesn't work anymore. I think that we have to start not overvaluing, but there needs to be sort of an adjustment. The pendulum has to swing the other way to now we have to start valuing these guys properly. You know, there's gaps like this at all the other positions. Like I'm sure Eckler scores 
that many more points than the guy at eight. So he probably scores like eight to nine more points than a guy like Stevenson or someone in that range. Same thing with Tyreek Hill and Justin Jefferson. The problem is there's so much more variability and so much more variance in those positions where we look at the quarterbacks every year now. We've known Mahomes is the best since 2018. We've known Josh Allen finished QB1 two years ago, QB1 last year, QB2 this year. Jalen Hurts, he's come into that role now. He's ran for like, I don't even know how many times. He's, they do the QB sneak now where they can shove him in the back. He'll run for 10 touchdowns a year for the next eight years. So we look at that position now, and I think that there's – these are guys that we have to start taking in the second and third round. Like Josh Allen, we've kind of seen that already just because of the consistency in the running. I mean, if you look at the what happened this year, Geno Smith was a top six quarterback in fantasy. We thought that we could get Rodgers down near the bottom of the rounds, and he would just, oh, he'd be fine. He's won two straight MVPs. The floors can drop out like that. It does not. There is no consistency. That's why when we have guys with this consistency, we have to take advantage of it. it just if you, like I'm thinking about it now, my drafts next year, if I can come away in my first three rounds with Travis Kelsey, an elite receiver, and one of those three quarterbacks, I'm at least spotting myself 12 points a week. You have Kelsey. He's even if you're playing Hawkinson or Andrews, hopefully he gets back to where he was two years ago. That's six points. You have Jalen Hurts. You have Josh Allen. You have Patrick Mahomes. And you're playing a Trevor Lawrence or a Geno Smith at the end of the year this year, maybe like a Daniel Jones. That's another six to eight points. So now it just takes so much stress off of the rest of your team to produce those points. It's makes it a lot easier on yourself to, you don't have to go out and find points anywhere else, especially if you're in these deeper leagues, these 12, these 14 man leagues. If you have to go on the waiver wire every week, it takes that much pressure on the third string running back for Detroit that might get more snaps because DeAndre Swift's banged up or something to that extent. I just think that as a whole, we have to start looking at this position differently. I think there's opportunities for guys to jump in there. Like if Justin Fields continues rushing, like how he ran towards the end of the season, he's going to start to get into that category. If Trevor Lawrence hits the ceiling that everybody thinks he can, he'll be in that category. I think Burrow has a chance to. He had the slow start this year because of the appendix. I think he has a chance to get in that field. So maybe there is a chance that we get to a point where that's six people in this tier. And then maybe there's a little more leeway. But for right now, with all the unknowns, I mean, you look at Patrick Mahomes this year. He had 12 games over 10 or over 20 points. He had zero games where he scored less than 10. So he never lost you a week. And he had close, probably upwards of 12, 10 to 12 where he won you your week. Same thing with Allen. 13 games over 20, zero under 10. I mean, you look at these guys, they're just the special talents of the league. It's starting to replicate the real NFL draft where these quarterbacks are going to get taken higher and higher. If you're a super flex league, this conversation doesn't matter. They go one, two, three, no matter what anyway. But, you know, standard leagues, one QB leagues, I think we're going to have to make this adjustment. All 
All right. So first of all, I just want to apologize. In the intro, I was talking about the Yankees rankings. I completely butchered the name. It's not Yankee. It's Yankee. So I'd like to apologize for that. Um, going forward now, I want to kind of talk about the first kind of batch of rankings that I've been able to come up with. I We want to start with the quarterbacks. That's probably the least variability. There's a little movement that could happen, but for the most part, a lot of these guys are going to be in the same spots. So a little less projecting to do. I have my top 20. Let's get into it. So at number one, I have Patrick Mahomes. There's not much else to kind of say about it. He's the best. He was the best this year. He's going to be the MVP this year. I He's one of the guys where he has both the high ceiling and the high floor. So he's not going to lose you any weeks. It's pretty simple. I don't feel like I have to go into much more than that. Number two, I have Jalen Hurts. Um, last year, he actually led the league in points per game. Um, unfortunately, missed a couple games due to the shoulder. Um, I just think the team around him is just so special. I mean, they have they have two number ones in Devontae and A.J. Brown. The offensive line's insane. The defense is great. They're going to give him the ball back a lot of times in good field position as well. So he's going to have a lot of um, a lot of scoring opportunities. One concern I might have is their OC, Shane Steichen. He might be gone depending on how this season goes and how you know the coaching cycle shakes out. I would be a little concerned with that because not a lot of people talk about it. Nick Sirianni was calling plays for them last year, and then all of a sudden it stopped, and then – you know, we get into this year, Steichen's still calling plays, and would you look at that? Jalen Hurts is probably winning the MVP if he doesn't get hurt. So I think that if he leaves, I would it would probably make me pause a little bit. But overall, just the rushing ability, he's just such an instinctive runner. Like, he's not going to take huge shots just because he knows all the angles and stuff like that. I just – he's my number two guy going into next year. Next I have – I mean, again, like we talked about, this is the top tier. I have Josh Allen. He was the QB1 the two years prior to this one. He was the QB2 this year, and that was with him, like, leading the league in turnovers. I'm pretty sure he had he had so many fumbles and interceptions. It was a big topic of conversation throughout the year. Again, high ceiling, high floor guy. He's not going to lose you weeks. Just him being able to run, like, kind of me and my – one buddy that's a Bills fan, we always call him the wild horse just because he knows what he's doing, but sometimes he just is straight go. You don't always know what's going to happen with him. You just know it's going to end up something special is going to happen. Again, some questions I would have. I think the Diggs thing is a little overblown. He's an emotional player, but if things get weird with that, you never know. And then you pray those things don't get weird because apart from him, their weapons right now are not great. I mean, that's a big topic of conversation again. You know, Gabe Davis, they had to bring back Cole Beasley. I mean, geez, you'd think they're going to probably go after some guys in the draft this year. I I like Isaiah McKenzie. I don't know why he doesn't get more opportunities, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so, yeah, those are the top three. We have Mahomes, Hurts, Allen, like we talked about before. Those are the guys I expect to go very early in drafts this year. 
go get the positional advantage. After that, get into kind of we'll do kind of some of these in groups now. So four, five, six, I have it going Burrow, Fields, Lawrence. Fields is pretty high. I don't really think that there's much of an issue with it. He is running like Lamar did in 2019. It's different. It's more kind of straight line speed. He's not making as many guys miss. He's a more powerful runner, but it's the same production. I think he'll take a step throwing the ball. There's some like rumblings that, oh, well, the Bears didn't draft. This Bears regime didn't draft him. Could he be on the move? I don't think you can move Justin Fields if they do. I'm not going to be too, I don't know, skeptical of where he goes. It's going to be hard to get a worse surrounding cast than the Bears had this year. So honestly, a trade probably wouldn't even be, you'd almost think of it as an upgrade. Um, You know, number six, I had Trevor Lawrence. I think he's going to take another huge step. Sneaky. Doug Peterson, his second year with Carson Wentz, that was the year that Wentz was on pace to become the MVP, and then he hurt himself and, you know, Nick Foles, and then now he's backing up Sam Howell. But, yeah, I think Lawrence is going to be a top-six guy next year. He was coming on strong at the end of the year. The 27-point comeback, everybody sees what he can do. He's also going to be getting Calvin Ridley now to go with Kirk and Zay Jones. I think that team's going to be better. I think they're going to score a lot of points. Um, now we go to seven rounding off top 10. We'll go seven through 10. I have Lamar at seven. He's, you know, one of the most fascinating people in the sport. If he stays with the Ravens, they're going to have Rashad Bateman coming back. You can say he's a bust, but if you look at the points per game and the offensive production, he's a factor. He brings some an added element to the offense. Lamar's two 40 point games or with Rashad Bateman out there and doing stuff. He takes a load off of all the other players. Do they need more weapons? Yes. But hopefully he's back. I'm a Ravens fan, so fingers crossed. Um, you know, some concerns. If if he's traded, you never know where he could go. Could be somewhere worse. But then again, we'll see. Also, the injuries at the end of the season are now starting to become a trend. I don't know. Maybe it's something where you draft him and it's a sell high. I don't know. After that, for eight, I had Herbert. Um, Sneaky played basically the entire season on broken ribs. I feel like once he's back and healthy, he's getting Rashawn Slater back. They're going to get a new OC in there. I like him a lot more next year. I like, I mean, there's, he's, him and Tua are kind of the two guys that there's a big polar opposite ends of the spectrum. Either you love him or you hate him. I'm on the love side. I think he's sweet. Um, he's our introverted king, as some people like to say. Um, only thing that I'm worried about with him is the weapons around him. They're getting older. They're injury prone. You know, this year, a lot of the season, he was throwing to Josh Palmer. So hopefully they can do something, get some guys that can stretch the field a little bit more, and kind of play into his strengths with his deep ball and his strong arm. After that, this one's a little controversial. I, I have Dak at nine. I mean, he's the Q, he broke his thumb. He came back. He was QB8 since week 10. He's going to be getting better for that. I think a lot of people are going to be left with the sour taste of the last game. They're not going to play the 49ers every game. They're going to get their games against you know some of the bottom barrel defenses in the league. He'll be able to pick them, pick them apart. And then 
after that, I mean, you can do much worse than Dak Prescott. It's basically what I'm trying to say. You can't like there's a lot of guys you would not want over Dak. So and then rounding out top ten, I had Daniel Jones, another guy I kind of expect to take a step. Josh Allen the first year with Dayball, they were like six and ten. I'm not expecting him to be Josh Allen, but you can expect a guy like Dayball who has molded sort of that raw talent before. I feel like he's going to be able to get in there with Daniel Jones in the offseason. They're going to be able to work out some more of the kinks. Worst case scenario, I mean, he can run. He's, you know, he's the fastest quarterback. Vanilla Vic, he's the fastest quarterback in the league. So we'll see, again, another guy who's a little worried about the weapons. I liked Hodgins. I thought he was pretty good. Um, but definitely going to need some other stuff around him. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll bang out the 11 through 20. All right, so now we're going to get controversial. 11 through 20. I I don't I didn't try to do this on purpose, but when I envisioned how I could see the 2023 season playing out, this is kind of what goes on in my head. <laughs> Here we go. Number 11 Brock Purdy. Um I don't think I feel like if you don't get one of the top tier guys, the Burrow or, well, yeah, sure. You can put Burrow in that category, but Mahomes, Allen, Hurts, Burrow Fields, you can do a lot worse than Brock Purdy, especially if you're in one of the 12 team leagues. If you, whether you think he's good or not, it doesn't matter. He had the weapons aren't something that's just going to go away. He has Kittle, he has Ayuk, he has Debo, he has McCaffrey, he has Mitchell, all of those guys around. Plus, he has Shanahan calling plays. This season, when he started, he averaged almost 18 points a game. That's would have landed him in the top 10. So I think if we go into next season and he is the starter, which I presume he will be, he's a guy that, you know, the season high for him was 21 points, but the season low is like 15. Mahomes, like Mahomes had the second highest, like lowest scoring game at 15. So he's the ultimate high floor guy. You don't like saying that in football. It's, you know, a little risque. But even if teams have a full offseason tape to work with, I trust that a guy like him and Shanahan are going to be able to use that time as well and be able to go through and kind of come up with more game plans. I don't think there's any way that he's any worse. I think that he's what he is is what he is. And if he keeps playing like what he is, you can't do much worse than Bert. After that, number 12, this is another very controversial one. I have Russell Wilson. This is kind of my soft launch for Russell Wilson's MVP campaign. I wouldn't put money on it. I'm not saying I'm that confident in it, but somebody tweeted something out today. It was Nate Hackett's offensive rankings as a play caller throughout the years, and it's a lot of 25s, 27s. I think there's maybe one or two in the 30s. But then you get to Rodgers and it's like one, two. So he might hack it. I'm not saying that Hackett gets a 100% of the blame. But if we can get Russell Wilson a real head coach and maybe a real play caller, there's a chance. I mean, going last couple of games of the season, we can look at it. He was scoring over 20 points a game. It looked after Hackett got fired. He started to look like the Russ of old a little bit. So I wouldn't 
be shocked if he ended up around this, you know, anywhere from the 10 to 14 range. I think that he would be, I would take a flyer on him. If you get to this point in the draft and it's between him and some of these other guys, we've seen the ceiling of Russ. I would take the chance on the ceiling with Russ. He might suck, but soft launch. I'm not putting all my chips in that basket. So now we'll rattle a couple off. 13, I had Jared Goff, mainly just because of Ben Johnson staying. That offense got a lot of weapons. I think they'll be able to make it work. He'll be able to have a repeat performance last year. Kirk Cousins, I mean, they have Justin Jefferson. He's always going to have – he's going to have somebody open basically on every play. Him and Hawkinson are probably one of the best, maybe possibly the best tight end wide receiver duo in the league. Um, He's going to have games where he scores two points. Besides that, I mean, at this point, you're the 14. You're kind of getting to the point where – there's not much left, kind of like picking for scraps. So after that, 15, I had Tom Brady. I think this Bucks team this year, I just think was just lifeless. I think Bowles wasn't a great, I don't think he's really, I don't think he's a head coach. Um, they had lots of energies to the offensive line. You get him out of there, get him to a Miami, get him to a Las Vegas or something like that. I think he'll have a new energy. I mean, we'll see what happens. He showed flashes this year. It's not like it's Rodgers where, at no point in the year did he look like the Rodgers of old. Brady had flashes. There was the Chiefs game. There was the game in the fantasy championship where he threw the three touchdowns to Mike Evans. I think that we've seen that Brady still has it. We just have to see somewhere where everybody else is kind of buying in on the same level. Uh, 16, I had Geno. I think he'd still be a functional player, probably just a little bit of a step back. I'm not really – He's not going to be – I don't think he'll be at the same level as last year. Um, 17, I put Kyler Murray here. There's a lot of questions I have. I'm seeing that he's probably not going to be ready for the start of the season. I, with the knee injury, I think – well, they said the surgery was successful. I'm not a doctor. I don't know how those things go for the most part. Also, just he's a guy that is a smaller player and – he kind of relies on his mobility, getting out of the pocket and using his legs, extending plays and stuff like that. With a knee injury, first year off an ACL, it's very common that these guys don't have the same explosiveness. I'm going to be very interested to see. I'm not going to, I'm probably going to have a lot of concern going the next year, taking a guy whose skill set relies on that kind of explosiveness, especially with the new coaching staff. We don't know what's going on with DeAndre Hopkins either. I don't know. I'm not going to be very bullish on him this year. I mean, I don't know. I've been kind of a Kyler hater. Maybe I'm overreacting to all this stuff, but I really don't think I am. The guy's coming off a torn ACL. He might not even play the first couple of weeks of the season. So 18, I threw Rodgers in here. He didn't have a single 20-point game this year. I looked that up today. It was kind of shocking. Um, he averaged like less than 15 points a game. I don't know if him going to the Jets is going to change all that much. I think there's a chance that he's just kind of washed. I mean, I'm not – we'll see what happens. The Jets have, on paper, more weapons. I think LaFleur – I think LaFleur gets a lot of crap. I think he's a good play caller. I think that he – you know, the run game there, they have a lot of tools too. But we'll see. I'm not going to be – I'm not going to put a lot of chips in that basket for Aaron Rodgers. 
Number 19, I'm going to go with another kind of soft launch. I don't think this is going to be an MVP or anything like that, but I think he's going to come back and have a really solid season. I think Mac Jones, you get Matt Patricia and Joe Judge are not offensive coaches. He had those guys calling plays all season. Bill O'Brien coached him at Bama. I think you bring him back. They're going to do some stuff, probably get some more weapons in the room. I think if you got like a Jordan Addison type player and threw him on that Patriots team, I think that would be a really good fit. Maybe Jackson Smith and Jingba too. I like, I don't know. I think you get Mac Jones back into a system that's similar to something he's run before, possibly add some stuff. I think that he's going to play a lot better. He was the quarterback 18 the year or his rookie year. And that's including a game where he threw the ball three times. So you take out an outlier like that, maybe it's a little higher too. But I think that he's going to come back and he's going to be a much more functional player, possibly even one that you can start. He's not going to be unstartable like he was this year. And then finally, I, I don't feel great about this, but I don't feel about the, great about the guys beneath him either. I just had Deshaun Watson. I mean, I didn't really like what I saw this year. I mean, he just downright looked bad at points. I know the last couple games he played a little better, but I mean, what's the point? The team was barely even playing for anything. Um, also, just like, I don't know. I'm not trying to be a moral high horse guy, but I just wouldn't have fun having him on my team. Like, even if he was scoring a bunch of touchdowns, I would just, I don't know. I just wouldn't enjoy it. So he's at 20. The other guys in the mix at that spot would be like, I mean, Tua, we don't even know if he's going to play again. He, he says that he will, but he's he had three concussions this year. Like, that's scary stuff. Then you got, like, Derek Carr. We have no idea where he's going. He wasn't even that great to begin with. So that was with Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams. So if he can't succeed with those two guys, I don't know who, what else he, he needs. And then after that, another guy kind of in the Mac Jones range, I would say, is Kenny Pickett. I think he'll come back and he'll play pretty well. Um just very solid player. I think they'll probably – offense will be better. I like Najee a lot this year. The foot kind of messed him up at the beginning of half of the season. They'll be able to run the ball a lot more effectively. Um, and I didn't put any rookies on here just because there's a lot of variability of what could happen. I would probably – the only one I could see, unless one goes to a sweet team, I think Bryce Young would probably end up in the 12 to 14 range. Stroud probably 14 to 18 what i'm thinking right now i mean i'm not going out of my way i'm not i don't think bryce jones gonna be like a top five player year one maybe down the line but eventually this year rookies normally it takes them a little bit so we'll see what happens i think one sneaky thing though depending on where anthony richardson goes if they get if he gets in the game and they kind of run like a offense sort of like the i my take is that I think Greg Roman goes wherever Anthony Richardson goes, or actually it would be vice versa. Anthony Richardson goes wherever Greg Roman goes. Um, I think they're going to try to run sort of the similar style offense that the Ravens have run the past couple of years, put something around him that he can succeed in, which, and if they do that, maybe he's fantasy relevant towards the end of the season. So those are my rankings. Those are the top 20 quarterbacks. I'll try to get some stuff together for some other positions coming up. A lot of questions though with free agency and stuff like that. And yeah, that was it. All right, before we leave, I'll do a quick prediction for our championship weekend. 
I think the Chiefs will win this weekend against the Bengals. I think people kind of sleep on how much of a grudge Patrick Mahomes holds. I think the Burrowhead stuff, all that kind of stuff, is going to kind of be an extra kind of bulletin board material for him. People, I mean, you remember when he was listed number four the one year on the NFL Top 100, and he's doing the one, two, three, four celebration after throwing touchdowns. I think that's going to be an added element of motivation for him and the team this week. I saw him walking off the stand at the press conference, didn't have a limp, so maybe he doesn't have a high ankle sprain. I don't know. I think that they'll be able to move the ball, do some stuff there. They'll be close, though. Um, and then I think I don't I don't really have a feel for the Eagles Niners game. I think it'll be close. I think it's two probably the two best rosters in the NFL. And then I don't know. I think I'd like to see a Eagles anti Reed rematch or kind of reunion in the Super Bowl. So I'm gonna take the Eagles and we'll be Chiefs Eagles in the Super Bowl. Um that's it for the pod. Thanks for tuning in. Uh be sure to share with your friends. Also, quick thing, I was thinking about this today. If you go on Spotify, there's like multiple other podcasts called Commissioner Corner. Um, I don't want to kind of, I kind of want to think of a rebrand maybe if this is going to be like going forward. One idea I had, my name is Carson Collier. I was thinking of the name Call Your Shot, kind of like my last name, like Call Your Shot. I don't know. If you guys think that's interesting or better, let me know. Um, other than that, thanks for tuning in again, and I will see you after the games on Sunday. Sunday.